0: you. Mm-hmm.
1: happening everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Total Football Club. My name is Alex Perez. We have an amazing show for you all this week. We're gonna talk about the World Cup qualifiers because of course we have to make the most of this FIFA day. We're gonna talk about the World Cup potentially taking place every two years and we have a brand new segment at the end of the show that I'm sure every single one of you is going to enjoy. It's It's quite a lot of fun. We were talking about it before we started recording, and I'm sure you guys are gonna have as much fun as we are going to have. But before we begin all of that, let me introduce, look at the jersey. Well, you probably can't see it if I don't post it on YouTube. The number one Chelsea fan in the world, Chris Sued. Chris, my friend, straight from New York, straight from Queens, New York. How are you, sir?
0: I'm doing well, Alex, I'm doing well. How are you doing this week?
1: tremendous tremendous because we're we're recording that's why that's why but how are you how are you keeping up with all of these games how are you how are you coping without watching your chelsea this weekend because i know that's a big part of your weekend let's
0: yeah let's let's yeah. be honest uh i'll be honest it's been a little tough <laughs> <laughs> i've had to find some stuff some something to do on the weekends um to fill that time but that being said, the, the international players that we let go, uh, that we let go and, and, and went to their na- respective national teams have been doing really well. Guys like Timo Werner, guys like Romelo Lukaku, uh, Mason Mount, all these guys who uh, start for Chelsea have been doing really well for their international team. So it's been it's been uh, really fun to 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 track and see that they're still doing well. I know. I hope they carry that that form back uh, to to the club. Um, unfortunately, Lukaku uh, had had a, a minor injury that they had to scan for, and that's the the big worry once these international breaks come. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been really interesting to to follow these qualifiers. Um, how about yourself? How, how have you been enjoying them?
1: Well, thank you for asking me, and it sounds like you're coping pretty well with without seeing Chelsea. Don't worry; just a few more days, and you'll see them again. I think we can transition perfectly into the segment, into the first segment. What we watched, what we what we liked, what we didn't like throughout this week, and I'm gonna start it off by answering your question. I've just been watching a lot of Concacaf and CONMEBOL qualifiers. I am, I love those types of games. Not necessarily because the football is good, but because there's just so much at stake and there's so much going on in these games. And let let me just rant to you a little bit about everything that I've been watching this past week. Of course, like I said, I've been watching the qualifiers, a whole lot of of games. I started off watching Argentina versus Venezuela or Venezuela, Argentina, because Venezuela was hosting. I watched that game. Lo Celso scored late in the first half. And then Argentina just gained momentum. 3-0. And then the number 10 from Venezuela, who escapes my mind. His name escapes my mind. He scored a Panenka over Emmy Martinez. And they high-fived after that. That was really cool. Um, and then, of course, we know what happened a, a few days later when Argentina went to Brazil. And they wanted to play that game. It couldn't happen because a a Brazilian health official stepped onto the pitch six minutes into the game and said you know what I have to deport Lo Celso, Emmy Emi Martinez, Buendia, and Romero because they are not eligible to be playing here they lied they were in England and they didn't quarantine and then it became a mess they stopped the game it was ridiculous it was unbelievable but honestly I don't put it past South American soccer We know what happened in South America and in South America, they are crazy. There's still, we are recording this on Wednesday night. Nothing is official yet, but it looks like the players on, on the, the players that, that play in England, both Brazilian and Argentine players will be punished. So that's where we are heading. That's kind of what it's looking like. And then of course I watch CONCACAF because that's where the U S plays. That's where Mexico plays. People, people really underestimate how hard it is to qualify to a World Cup in CONCACAF, and not necessarily because the level of soccer is very high, but it's just because it's impossible to play in some of these pitches. The pitches are, are, are in poor, poor conditions. And then, of course, in previous qualifying processes, there was the fans that were involved, and it was ridiculous because these fans were unbelievably hostile. And in this case, you don't really get that. At least not right now, maybe later on in the qualifiers. But I i had the displeasure, I don't even know if that's a word, of watching Costa Rica versus Mexico. And that game was so incredibly poor from start to finish. That game was so, so bad. I was watching it with my girlfriend. As soon as the game was over, I looked over at her And I'm like, babe, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I put you through this. This game was so bad. It was so bad. But Mexico got the win. And they got the win against Jamaica last minute. And then they just tied against Panama about 30 minutes ago. The game ended at the time that we're recording this. But the games are slow. They're tedious. Can you blame them? They're playing three games in six days. Inhumane, some people might say. And they still want to organize a World Cup every two years. My goodness. Thank you for listening to my rant, Chris.
0: So, yeah, man, it's, it's a lot to to unpack there. But I, I I hear you, man. It's South American football is as wacky and as emotional and as crazy as it gets. Uh, we saw it during the Confederations Cup during the summer, and we saw it uh, rear its head again during these qualifiers. Um, the good thing is most of these games are tight. That doesn't mean that they're all uh, aesthetically pleasing <laughs> Costa Rica you could say makes life miserable for their opponents they're very physical and they're very combative
1: so is Panama
0: yeah yeah big time both of those actually just make life how anytime they play qualifiers or anytime they play in, in those major tournaments so they're a small team but they know how to grind out results the thing is in my opinion that's what Mexico specializes in <laughs> historically is grinding out those those that that tough kind of result. Um so that kind of game is just it's more, in my opinion, it's like a wrestling match than the classic football. <laughs> <laughs> because it's gonna be eleven guy eleven versus eleven really trying to kill each other out there. And um sometimes it's really entertaining. Sometimes it's really ugly and poor. <laughs> so um it's i would say the quintessential south american match <laughs> yeah um, what what i like this week um I, I bought what what i like what actually happened today uh was germany's dumping on iceland germany under hansi flick looking like uh byron did a year ago they put they <laughs> put ice at five nil and they really looked so so uh clinical and, and breakneck Leroy Sane scored uh, Gnabry scored Rudiger scored Timo Werner looks uh, like he's like he's uh firing in all cylinders again mm-hmm. so Hansi really uh, is getting this German side to look like 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 what he did at Bayern about a year ago. so that really uh, I guess turned my head because Germany, while having the talent these last couple of years, we've lamented how Yogi Lowe sets them up and his philosophy and really everything about <laughs> how he manages Germany. So having Hansi Flick there and having his type of uh, coaching regimen is really going to be fascinating to see. And the early returns are very promising. They look like a well-oiled machine. And if they can bring that, that form and confidence to the World Cup, you, you look out. Germany really have a, a, a lot of young players that are hungry. I, you, you, I know they have some recent success with the World Cup, but Kai Havertz wasn't there when they won that. Nabry wasn't there when they won that. Timo Werner wasn't there when they won that. So they have a, a, a new generation where um, you can see that they, uh, they're going to fight. And if they have the right coach, which it looks like they do, Look out, man. Cause Germany could be somehow a dark horse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> somehow a dark horse that kind of counters what I was about to say, because I was going to say that, that at, at any big tournament, Germany's just a favorite by default, right? Yeah. We, we talked about them when, when we previewed the Euro and we talked about how, how Germany just watch out for Germany because they're always favorites and you never know. And now, I haven't watched Germany in in this uh, FIFA date. I, I have not watched them under Hansi Flick. I feel like I'm missing out, according to to what you're telling me, because you're saying that they look like the Bayern of of a year ago. If that's what they look like, they carry the momentum to November of next year. It'll be stupid to think that they or it, sorry, it would be stupid if you don't think that they will be a. Contender and maybe even a big favorite to win the World Cup. Because we all know what this Bayern Munich... What 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 Hansi Flick's Bayern Munich did to PSG. What they did to Lyon. What they did to Barcelona. What they did in the Bundesliga. that Especially that final stretch of that season. How they just dominated. Talent took over. And of course they were playing beautiful football. But if that is what Germany is going to bring to the World Cup next year... Watch out! Watch out! Because that is dangerous. That is where Germany wants to be, and it looks like they're getting there. It's is isn't it crazy, Chris? The level of football, or the difference of level of football that that we were watching this week. You were watching Germany. I was watching Mexico, USA, Argentina. Well, Argentina is a Copa America champions, but I was watching Venezuela. Good lord! Do you want to swap? I'll watch the the, the UEFA qualifiers.
0: I mean, it, it depends on the day, man. Sometimes those those rugby matches that they call South American soccer is really entertaining to watch, and it's different. Um, I, I That was part of the fun of the summer. You could watch the Euro and watch really high technical football, and then at night over here, you'd have a Peru versus Colombia where these guys are <laughs> elbowing each other for 93 minutes until someone scores, and it's awesome. It's a really contrasting style, but... That's why we love this game, man. And speaking of uh, Hansi Flick's Bayern, they play total football, which <laughs> ding, ding, ding. We love on this show. Yeah. So that's really I wanted to see how they'd look. They played Germany and I mean, sorry, they, they are Germany. They played Iceland, who, mm-hmm. yeah, Iceland isn't the strongest opponent and they didn't qualify for the Euro that just passed. But they do have some recent success at the previous World Cups. They have some uh international recognition now with with the players that they've had come through over the past few years. And they're really solid, low, like they have a low block. That that's what Iceland does. They counterattack and they really try to put defenders back there. So seeing Germany run rampant like they did and have the even defenders go up and score, it was really eye-opening. I I, I know you said you haven't caught them on the flick yet, but. Catch them soon because they they look pretty good.
1: <laughs> I, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. I'll take your word for it because I I know how you watch the game, and I trust the way that uh, that you watch the game. And again, that comparison it sounds it sounds very good. It sounds interesting. So I will definitely catch the highlights after that. It, it's it's like you're selling me on Germany
0: early favorites to win the World Cup, huh? Maybe I, maybe I I, I I keep saying. Dark Horse and Sleeper, because I feel like we've been let down by them the past couple of tournaments. So I think just general consensus, people are going to say, well, there's no big, I think mistakenly they'd say this, there's no big superstar that's come in that's going to really change them going forward. But I think with guys like Kai and Serge, they are slowly but surely changing the way they play. So it's going to be, I think they're going to fly under the radar. I think people are going to be focused on Italy since they just won the Euro. They're going to be focused on Ronaldo since this might be his swan song with Portugal and Leo Messi with with Argentina and the Brazils and Belgium. So I think there's a lot of familiar faces that might push Germany to the, the background and I their own, their, their own demise because Germany looks up for it now.
1: Let's end this segment with this, a team with Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, Serge Nabri, Leroy Sané, Manuel Neuer still. You cannot make the comment that this team lacks a superstar or this team lacks star power. If yeah. anything, they have it in abundance. The, the if you look at just the squad they have it in abundance all right let's move on now let's talk about uh something that has been in the news for these last couple of days and it looks like arson wenger fifa chief executive something like that whatever title he got i don't think it matters what matters is that he wants to shake up international football and he wants listen to this if unless you've been living under a rock for the last uh, or if you've been living under a rock for the last couple of days we'll let you know he is proposing the world cup to be hosted every two years he feels like the qualifier for the world cup in every confederation can be played in one month and then instead of having three or four FIFA dates in a year, you only have two. I'm I'm sure, Arsene Wenger isn't doing this to to harm the sport, but it sure looks like it. And there's, and there's definitely been some pushback from players already. I was reading earlier this week. I was reading about Sergio Busquets's response to the World Cup being hosted every two years. Because, think about it. If it's hosted every two years, it's going to be 2020, we had the Euro or 2020. And then, uh, I don't know, 2021 World Cup and then 2023 World Cup and then 2025 World Cup. It would be something along the lines like that, right? So Sergio Busquets said this, he said players can't keep up physically. He cited the pandemic as an example. And he said that the players would explode because of the amount of games. Now, Chris, I will ask you this. Do you think that hosting a World Cup every two years or or playing the World Cup every two years is one, a good idea? Two, sustainable?
0: Uh, I think it's a terrible idea. Right off the bat, I think it's absolutely terrible. Thank
1: you. You read my notes.
0: Yeah. Um they already have so many problems with all the qualifiers through and the international breaks. I'm, I think it's a good idea to bring it down to one month of qualifiers, of, of just qualifiers. That sounds like a good idea um, while remaining every four years. Um, I think having that reduces the possibility of major injuries. Um, there's a lot of, I guess, I don't want to say palpable disconnect, but there's a lot of passive aggressiveness between national, national teams and the players' clubs. Um, I've seen it at, at Chelsea all the time, the, the, with, throughout the years with different players, with different national teams in Europe, South America, wherever you can imagine, Africa, wherever you can imagine. Uh, I, you've seen instances with other teams, uh, not just Chelsea, that really makes you think, man, they have to find a solution for this because there are so many problems that have come up. There are players who will gotten injured for their club won't play any games and then get called up for the national team and play. (laughs) They are guys who are in the form of their life. You have to stop in the middle of the season because of these international qualifiers. They go and they have a major catastrophic injury that disrupts these, these amazing seasons that they had off the top of my head, Nicolo, uh, Zaniolo, mm-hmm. uh, out there in Italy, the poor kid is just a beast and he can't get healthy. Every time he gets healthy, he goes out there and plays for Italy and tears another ACL. It, it's like it's, someone has voodoo. <laughs> and it, it's really been a, a, one headache after another with these qualifiers. That all being said, <laughs> I can't imagine how uh, – if you say you reduce that to one month, right, say you have it at the end of the season, Great, that that re- takes away a lot of the problems. But how do you fit in these major tournaments? Because it's it's the World Cup. It's not. Let's just add a, a Mickey Mouse Cup at the end of the season. No, this is you're adding the major cup, tournament. You're adding the major tournament every two years instead of four years. It's just you're you're. It's going to be more high level games, more intensity in these games. Uh more pressure on the players <laughs> it's it's just asking for it and unfortunately how do you really rationalize moving up the game so having the having the tournaments every two years having the euros every four years so that every two years or every other every other world cup you would coincide with the euro so I don't know how you would make that you would have one in the winter and one in the summer and it, those are two major tournaments in the middle in, in and then that model you'd have one in the middle of the season so there goes the whole logic of having the qualifiers at the end of the season and uh yeah i, I don't see how it's feasible in any which way i i really don't um you you look at what happened with Andreas Christensen. Oh, sorry, Andreas Christensen. I got Jesse on the mind all the time. Um, <laughs> Christian Eriksen. Sorry, is this the names the Danish names are so similar? You mm-hmm. see what happened with Christian Eriksen with with the the heart attack that he suffered. Obviously, I'm not a doctor, but the immediate outcome, the immediate uh, cry from the players was, "Well, you have us playing." Game every other day, essentially, at this point, with a week of vacation. What do you these are high-level athletes who get tested every week, every hour (laughs) by these amazing doctors that they have at these clubs who pay much more than hospitals can even fathom? And this can happen to these guys because they're worked to death. How I get that they're multi-millionaires and they get paid an astounding salary but you're asking for it, like you're genuinely asking for it. And it doesn't surprise me that someone who has the, the bravado and the, the clout of a Sergio Busquets is already standing up and saying, this is a terrible idea. This is not going to hold up. Players are going to explode because that's exactly what's going to happen.
1: A couple of things I I, I want to emphasize on, 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 all of that. That was, that was amazing. Chris, thank you. You, I, I think you, you speak for many people, you speak for me for sure, because that's how I feel as well. And I think that that was very well put and thank you once again, like dude, dude. I, I mean, whenever you speak, it's just, it's just, just, just gems, you, you just keep dropping them and, and this is a perfect example of that, um, you. You, you sound like you're on, on Sergio Busquets' side, right? That's what it sounds like. And I think we can all agree that players will, will explode. Maybe, hopefully not literally, but those bodies just... They can only keep up for so long and for so much. And you also mentioned the intensity of each game. If, if you make it that the qualifiers are played within one month and then... Uh, the World Cup is every two years. That is actually one of the positives that Arsene Banger and FIFA are arguing. And when I was reading that they think that making every game meaningful like like that is good. I thought the same exact thing you did. Well, now the players are going to have to prepare even harder they can't take a day off. They can't take a minute off because we already know what's going to happen. They're going to get slandered. They're going to get slandered because that that we know how it is. So in this Arsene Wenger world where the World Cup is played every two years, there will be no more international friendlies. There will be no more UEFA Nations League. Surely the Gold Cup, the Copa America, the, the Asian the Asian Cup, the, the African Cup of Nations, they're all going to disappear because it's only going to be World Cup and Euro. That's all I hear them talk about. So what does that mean for CONCACAF? What does that mean for Africa, for Asia? For CONMEBOL? Well, I think CONMEBOL will be okay because they can compete within each other. But what does it mean for, for Mexico? We've already seen it with Mexico. The, the level has drastically dropped. The level has really, really dropped in the last four or five years because they only play against CONCACAF competition. Very rarely do they play against European competition or South American competition. What's going to happen to a Japan? What's going to happen to a, I don't know, to an Ivory Coast, a Nigeria if they can't face Netherlands, Germany, Spain, Italy, Portugal, France, if they can't face them to prepare for these tournaments what's what's going to happen what's going to happen so yeah of course it is it is something to to look at and to note that these players are going to prepare extra hard or they're going to have to prepare they're going to have to prepare extra hard for these games that have such such meaning but then you look at the bottom and it looks like they just want to keep the power where it is right now they don't want to move they want the same eight teams to win the World Cup every single time that it is played. They don't want a new champion. They don't want to give anyone else the opportunity to to even get there. They're maintaining the power where it is now. Because let's be honest, only the teams with the elite talent are going to be able to really, truly compete in a World Cup every two years. It's not sustainable for Mexico. For a USA, for a Chile, for a Colombia, for a Nigeria, for an Ivory Coast, for a Japan, for a Korea. It's not sustainable for them. And it sounds like I, I'm i inclusive in the sense that, oh, well, let's bring in more teams and let's have more people qualify. Because I know that that people are are very, very drastic and for them it's either black or white. I think 32 teams is more than enough. I think it might be too many in my opinion. Um, but it's also not right to keep the power where it is and only benefit the big dogs. If these teams are getting to a World Cup, they need to have a fighter's chance at least. And it feels like with hosting a World Cup every two years, you're taking away that chance. And then if you take away that chance, What's the point of watching the World Cup if you're not gonna see an upset? What's the point?
0: Yeah, uh, I think that's that's very well said. It's it's almost like say you're you're one of these fans of a team like Senegal or Nigeria, right? And it means so much to make the World Cup, but now they have a World Cup every two years instead of the four years, so no, now it means a little less, right? And they take away the cup of uh the africa cup of nations right what would it what would mean more to you if you were a nigeria fan that your team wins the africa cup of nations for the first time in x amount of years and that you see players like chakweezy or victor oshimhan lift a trophy for your country or that they make it to the world cup round of 32 and lose in the opening round like I always see in the World Cup that these small countries are so proud when they when they when their teams forget winning when they score a goal like they'll when be they, down anthem, ones, Chris, they when they one. sing their anthem, yeah. Chris. When they sing their
1: anthem, that exactly. that that causes tears. Let yeah. alone scoring a goal.
0: So, and I always think you know that's really it's really noble of them. Like that's really something to see your team be down four nothing and they score one goal and. You're driven to tears because you're just humbled to be there but you take away that feeling if you have it every two years and you also I don't know how how i guess how important that's gonna be I guess for me it always felt like I guess alien to see it but now to to, to know like man you're not even seeing your team win that like those those tournaments that I guess to, to the average fan, it's not as big as a World Cup, but if you go to Africa and you see Senegal win that Cup of Nations for the first time in their history, dude, they're going to celebrate like like it's Y2K. Like they won it, like they won literally anything, like the biggest tournament ever. So I, I'm just not in favor of it at, at any angle. Like Arsene Winger, take a seat, man. You, you, you lost this one.
1: Shall we say? Uh... Vanger out
0: yeah <laughs> yeah
1: wow it's, it feels like 2018 again
0: <laughs> yeah and and sorry i just that just reminded me of something please you, like this this last week uh with the coronavirus scandal that happened with argentina and brazil there was a, a incident where there was a coup d'etat where morocco was was uh Facing Guinea, and there was a, a literally they tried to overthrow the government in Guinea, and Morocco didn't know what to do. What happens when you have qualifiers every two years and you got teams, you know, go, cr- traveling across the globe and going to these? You're just setting up for these situations where this doesn't have to happen, man. These qualifiers could happen in one place could happen in england could happen in in brazil could happen in one place where we have a, a i guess a a, a, a play in tournament like the nba does i am not saying a whole tournament like 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 uh like warson wenger is proposing here where you have a world cup before the world cup but i don't know man it's just asking for it. like there's so many variables that have that can arise with these qualifiers already I think asking for a two-year gap for these World Cups is just insane really
1: yeah absolutely it's 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 difficult to even imagine a calendar where there's a World Cup every two years it's it's very difficult to to imagine it just imagine it existing let alone imagine imagining a working calendar like that. I just don't think that there's a world where that exists. But I will say this, and I and I will give Arsene Wenger a bit of credit for something that he did, and maybe this wasn't even his intention. But Arsene Wenger started a conversation. He started a conversation, or at least he brought more attention to a conversation that, to me, had to be addressed 10, 15 years ago. I can't say more because I don't remember more. I'm only 23, but I feel like the international calendar does need change. You do need to restructure that calendar. You can't have so many FIFA dates. I I don't think that that's a good idea. I don't think that players are being treated fairly when, let's use Lionel Messi for example. Lionel Messi went from Paris to Caracas, Venezuela, to Sao Paulo, and now back to Argentina. And now he's going to have to go back to Paris. He arrived in Venezuela last Tuesday. He has to be back in Paris like late or this weekend. That is crazy. That is crazy. That's inhumane. A, a break. A break. Yeah. International <laughs> break. Yeah. For the people that don't get called up. I, I mean, it it's, it's just, it's not fair, is it? It's not fair. It's not. And, and of course the, the, the argument, the argument is, um uh, is, is always something like, well, they got paid a lot of money. Yeah. They get paid a lot of money, but there's still people at the end of the day, there's yeah. still people. There's still a lot of wear and tear on that body. It doesn't matter what level of athlete they are. So I feel like the international calendar does need changing. And I will give Arsene Wenger that little bit of credit for bringing that conversation back to light. I appreciate that. I think that we definitely needed it. With that being said, I'm gonna do Arsene Wenger's job right now and I'm gonna do it a little better because I think I'm a little more charismatic than he is. But here you go, Chris. I'm going to present to you my structure. It's not finalized. For the people listening to. it's not finalized. Let me know what you think about this. First and foremost, I believe that the FIFA World Cup should still be hosted every four years. Screw the two, the every two-year format. We don't need that. There's no space for that in football. Let's forget about it. And whoever likes it, whoever even thinks they might like it, we don't want you it's every four years it's 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 either that way or the highway there's no other way i do feel though that the qualifiers should be maybe i don't know like like halfway in between those two years they should just play for a month and just let them play hosted maybe in, in in one neutral site or maybe throughout the continent whatever you know CONCACAF has their own their own qualifiers and they play against each other and then you know you you do all of that but you host it within a month and you shrink it you narrow it something similar to the the CONCACAF qualifier to the to the Olympic Games where you have eight teams that qualify and they play a little tournament that's like three weeks long the winner of a tournament qualifies directly, or the two finalists qualify directly, and then we can have one of the semi-finalists, whoever, I don't know, by goal difference or whatever, we send them out to play against fourth place of of South America. Something like that, right? We'll do something like that. And then when the World Cup is approaching, you have a whole nother month for international friendlies, and then... You know, you can have your Mexico versus Netherlands. You can have your Paraguay versus Korea. You can have those types of games to prepare for the World Cup. And then the club seasons carry on as usual. They're not as interrupted. You mentioned something at the beginning of the segment where there are players that get hot and then, boom, international break. And it's over. And then they have to get back to form. And then they have, it, it, it might not even work out. So this is how I see it. There's still a lot of uh, revision that has to be done. I still need to speak to Yanni Infantino about this and see if he approves. Um, I'm sure he will because we're very close. And if you're not picking up on my sarcasm yet, I hope you do eventually. Chris, what do you think about this proposal of the new international calendar?
0: Yeah, uh, I like it better than <laughs> than what Arsene Wenger proposed. No doubt about it. Uh, yes, I think it's it solves a lot of the problems that they're currently facing. Uh, dude, they have they make in, they make these international tournaments that that have no meaning every other year. Like they just made one last year where I think, I think I don't, I'm not sure if it's the Nations League or they they just mm-hmm. announced. Are they going to have another tournament that really is, like, another European tournament, but it doesn't decide anything? Long story short, UEFA has has a history of making these tournaments that have no meaning. How about you make one of these tournaments the World Cup qualifier? (laughs) And like you said, I have all these, these rules that determine, you know, who, who qualifies directly, who should be battling with other team, other qualifiers, like you don't have to do it. A, a one world qualifier, you can do it by region. And that'll actually be meaningful and fun. And you can do it, like you said, two years into the, the four year process. Why not give stipulation to the euro? You know, why not make make the euro the to the, the, the a qualifier or or the African Cup of Nations a qualifier. It could be a different, it could be a, a very, a, a way to inject some juice into those tournaments that already have a lot of juice and already have a lot of money and, and fandom. So yeah, man, uh, I like it much more than <laughs> than what Mr. Wenger proposed, that's for sure. Count me, count me in.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. I have your support. But you gave me a really good idea they disposed of the Confederations Cup a few years ago. Remember the winner of the Euro, the World Cup, the Copa America, the Copa, the Gold Cup? They would all play in one tournament. I love that tournament. I feel like I was the only human alive that loved the Confederations Cup. They disposed of it. They're not going to play it this year. Um, the last one was in 2017. So now, instead of qualifying to the Confederations Cup, if you win your Continental Tournament, just a winner, direct spot to the World Cup. Italy. World Cup. They're in the World Cup because they won the Euro.
0: Why? It it almost makes too much sense. You want your winners in. If Senegal makes a crazy run and wins the Africa Cup of Nations, you want Senegal in the World Cup. Yeah, Italy just came back from the dead and won the Euro. What are you going to do if Italy doesn't qualify? And they did kind of scare
1: people, too. They they scared people because they tied to Bulgaria in that first game.
0: Yeah. That's a nightmare literally yeah. commercially for for the, the viewing for professionally everything it's a nightmare if they don't qualify it makes yeah, no, it almost makes too much sense like yeah we, we figured out their problem right here in our from chicago and queens
1: <laughs> come on fifa come on fifa we're right here you can hire us whenever you want the price hey the, the price isn't that high just talk to us that's all we need anything else you want to add chris uh
0: yeah i I mean just we we really harped on a lot there i i I just i can't i can't stress enough how how bad these qualifiers are man it's like (laughs) we're just getting into the thick of the uh, of things with, with club football and now we have to take a break and the players have to take a break and these guys have to go all around the world. Some of them can't go. Some of them have to go. It's like, oh God, come up with something. I mean, don't don't go with Wenger's plan, but come up with something. That's my hope for for if anyone is anyone who, who is in the decision making of at this, this tournament, please do something. Don't don't do what Arsene Wenger said, but do something.
1: Yeah, just just do something, and make sure that it is for the good. Of football. Okay, all right, let's wrap up the show now. Let's wrap it up with something fun that we came up with this last week. And this segment is called La Cascarita. I think unofficially, officially, I don't know. If it sticks, we'll keep it. If not, we'll change it. And for those of you who don't speak Spanish, Cascarita in Mexican slang means pickup game. And what do you do in a pickup game? play with your friends, you have fun, you have a good time. And this segment we want to have a good time with friends. And Chris, I don't know about you, but I consider you a friend. I've never seen you in person, but I consider you a friend. But spoiler, yes, and I'm going to meet you in a few months. So I want to I want to end the show by by doing this this very very fun activity that we came up with. And we're going to name, we have five minutes, five minutes. Wait, hold on. That's the stopwatch. Um, bear with me here. Five minutes. We have five minutes. You probably can't even see it. We have five minutes to name the most random players that we can think of. Anything <laughs> goes. We just can't name like the messy Ronaldo hazard, those big types gu- of, what was that?
0: The big guns.
1: Exactly. Exactly. We, we can not name those guys. We, we can name like a tier lower. And it's also any, any era goes any, any year, any generation goes, we just have to name the most random players. Chris, I'm going to start it with you and I'll tell you when time is running and you're going to name your, your first player. <laughs> you're going to name your first player. Are you ready? Chris?
0: I think I'm ready. I'm going to go Chelsea first. Just so okay.
1: Okay. Perfect. And time is running. You got five
0: minutes.
1: Okay. Okay. I'm going to go Barcelona. Alexander Vleb or (laughs) Wow,
0: That's great. That's a a throwback.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. Go ahead, Chris.
0: Uh, From there. I will take it to Manchester United, and I will go. Oof, there's a bunch now. I this is my fear with this game. Isn't it Antonio Valencia?
1: Wow. Okay. Okay. Oh yes, yes. Probably the best Ecuadorian player of all time. Good for you on that one. All right. My next one. Let's go to Mexico. Rodolfo Pizarro, Inter Miami, my guy. They say we look alike. I don't see it. Um, maybe because of the short hair and he has like really long hair. Rodolfo Pizarro, Inter Miami, Chivas, uh, Pachuca, really good player. Chris,
0: you're up. Ooh, uh the next person. Uh, man, this is actually like my safe, my safe one. <laughs> so that means I'm going to have to get to thinking. I'm gonna go, my boy. I oh you know what? I'll switch it up. I'll go Oscar. Ex Chelsea oh. went to Shanghai Sippage. I think that's how they prefer. That's how they say it. Haven't heard anything from him since, <laughs> since he went out there to China. But the loan score in the 6-1 demolition by Germany against Brazil in Brazil oh, yeah. at the World Cup. You're right. The only oh. guy that scored. Yeah.
1: Crazy. Wow. Okay. Um I'm gonna go in, into the '90s. Colombia, Faustino Asprilla. Do you know who that is?
0: Ah, uh, Asprilla brings brings him. He's not. He's definitely not my guy with the golden fro.
1: No, but they were boys.
0: Who? Who is? Who, who, who is he?
1: Fa, uh, Faustino Asprilla. Yeah, he played for Colombia. They. They. I think he was a striker. Played for Newcastle. Played for Newcastle. Um. The guy with the curls, I'm just going to give one away. Carlos Valderrama, el pibe. Um, But yeah, Faustino Espria, look him up at the end of the show. I'm sure you might recognize him. I'm I'm hopeful (laughs) that you will. All right. Chris, which one do you got?
0: Inter Milan striker Diego Milito. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) That's really good. Yes, yes. At the time, holy crap
1: wow okay that is late late, very late bloomer a lot of injuries in his career um oh well let's just stay with inter milan christian kivu remember him with the helmet
0: i do remember him (laughs) yeah
1: he suffered a really bad injury had to play with a helmet for the rest of his career christian kivu all right chris we got about a minute 50.
0: ac milan nigel de jong whoa okay that's good Two foot tackle monster.
1: Oh, yeah. He almost killed Shabby Alonso in the World Cup final in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. And, and he only got a yellow card. Okay. Uh, next one. Let's go to England. Steve McManaman.
0: Woo. <laughs> the pundit pun- now with the slick back hair. True. Um, I will go. Crap. I really want to say his name, but he's up there. Edgar Davids Juventus legend with the, with the, with the, the, goggles with the glasses with go your yeah. one, but he's too good. Not to, not to say in it. this random, <laughs> too good a name.
1: That's nice. That's nice. That's good. All right. Next one. Let's go to Argentina. Poco juniors, Martin Palermo.
0: Wow. Number
1: nine. He missed three penalties <laughs> in one game with Argentina. I believe <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Right? Unbelievable. All right, Chris, we got forty-five Crap. seconds.
0: Crap. Uh man, now all that can come to mind is really tier ones, but I gotta stay at tier three. Uh man. Crap. I have to go Ramirez from Chelsea. And that that was my safe, my safe one, my safe player that I was thinking of earlier. That's my my loyal servant. Everybody at Chelsea loves him, even though he wasn't, uh, uh, I would say, a historical legend. But Ramirez, you come to London, you'll never pay for anything in your life. <laughs> wow.
1: that That's very nice of you, Chris. All right. And um, <laughs> my last pick, because we're out of time, Uruguayan legend Enzo Francescoli played for River Plate. They called him the gentleman. They called him the mister because he was just all around... One of the classiest players to ever grace a football pitch. River Plate legend, Uruguay legend, Enzo Francescoli. And uh, we're going to. I got one more. Oh, please.
0: Wife, but this is too good. Uh, my boy Falcao, not Radamel, the Brazilian Falcao, the one who Radamel Falcao was named after. 80s Brazilian center mid, midfield general. You can't talk to a Brazilian without them telling you that this is probably the greatest player they've ever had to wear the shirt. And that's with knowing that Pelé, the King Pelé, is obviously universally known as the greatest player ever. But little known fact, there was an OG Falcao and he's revered amongst the Brazilians.
1: Wow, that's really good. That is really good and some nice history that we end this segment with. All right. Well, that'll do it. That was a lot of fun. I had a good laugh and I, and I heard about players that I didn't even remember Oscar. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I remember his goal against Juventus. That's the one that I remember in the championship yeah, yeah. after Everyone you guys won it.
0: The, the next Frank Lampard at the time, okay. but dude, I'll say this, this game was tougher than I thought it was going to be. I had like a <laughs> hundred names in my head. And then once, once the pressure's on, I had, I was like, oh crap. You, you hit a you hit a wall but that was fun that was fun
1: that was a lot of fun we should probably do it again i'll go back listen to this write down the names that we said and we can't say those anymore
0: yeah yeah and then we'll, if we ever have a guest that'll be a good way to throw them in the fire
1: Ooh, yeah well we will probably have a guest very very soon all right chris social media plug away the floor is yours my friend
0: uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chris Dolo. That's Chris S O L O D O L O underscore. And I did not butcher that for the first time in a year and a half. <laughs>
1: there we go. Chris Dolo underscore. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at alexperezfc. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple podcast, AKA iTunes, Spotify, Google subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, A piece of this podcast is going to go up on the YouTube channel, as you all know. My goodness, what a show this was. Unbelievable. We'll be back with club football next week. So much to talk about, of course, next week. There you go. Rocking that Chelsea jersey, Chris. I'm rocking my Leicester jersey. Um, I think that I've become a Leicester City fan. My mom got me this for my birthday a few weeks ago, so... There's that Leicester City representing.
0: There's well, one plug that I do have to to, to, to give in this episode. Now that please. I'm thinking about, it, I'd be remiss if you're watching this. If you're not watching Ted Lasso, go and watch Ted Lasso. Do yourself the favor, please. You're missing out on the greatest. You're watching this because you love soccer, football, however you 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 want to describe this game. This is the perfect show for any soccer football lover. Go and watch it. You're going to thank me later.
1: You're most definitely not the first person that I hear saying that. But I'll take your word for it. I'll I'll, I'll watch it. I'll watch it over oh, the weekend for sure. Oh, no, I haven't God. watched season one or two.
0: You're going to love it. You're going to love it. You're going to text me like, holy crap, this is insane.
1: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I, I will definitely take a look at that this weekend and even some clips on youtube if i can't watch the full episodes but regardless i will watch it i'll be the first person to take that recommendation and run with it thank you chris all right that'll do it from us thank you all so so much enjoy the games this weekend take care goodbye